Here it comes. It's Nashville Untold with Andrew Buckwalter, the podcast that interviews the most interesting and influential people making an impact on Nashville's business, charitable, and entertainment scenes. Joining us now from his roving camper studio, here's Andrew. Hello, hello. Thanks for tuning in to episode three of Heart of Nashville. Today I'll be sitting down with Mariah Cole, and you will be able to listen to her story. Mariah and I went on a mission trip to Haiti a couple years ago, and I've been following her on social media and noticed that uh, she's making a splash in Nashville, making a pretty good impact in her community and on some of the boards and college she's a part of. So you'll definitely enjoy hearing her um, and my interview in the Rambler today. So sit back and enjoy. Hello, Nashville. This is Andrew, as you already know by the intro. But uh, today I'm sitting with Mariah Cole um, at Hadley Park in Nashville, just uh, the north side of Nashville, um, actually right next to Meharry. Mm-hmm. College, mm-hmm. University, Meharry Medical College. Right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, our neighbor he just um, graduated from there. I oh, think nice. like maybe like a year ago or something. Cool. Congrats um, to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anyways, I know Mariah. We went on a trip. I think we said three years ago to Haiti. Mm-hmm. Um, had a great time. Yep. Um, and I was actually thinking I was driving here because of the temperature. I'm like, we don't even need heat, you know, because we went to Haiti and <laughs> we can rough it. We um, bring the heat. But we actually really didn't rough it that hard. You know, <laughs> it wasn't had, bad. The, the second trip I went, they did not have um, hot water. Oh, at and, all? At all. Um, and, it, and we actually went to the, I think on our trip we went to the, you know where the church was up on the hill? Yes. So there was an orphanage. Um, just right down from it. And I forget which one it was, but, uh, Mm -hmm. I I mean, all the names, you know, kind of run together. But, uh, anyway, so yeah, they, it was cool because it was a small place. Have you been back? I haven't been back. Okay. It was a small place. And, uh, and so there was, you know, you didn't have like the hotel feeling. It was more like a house, but yeah, it was cold water. And so you had to take a deep breath. Actually, (laughs) no, you had to exhale totally. (laughs) And then yeah. when it hits you, hits you, you don't, you know, like yeah. that's, I think that's a method. Mm-hmm. Actually, I did a, a podcast <laughs> with a guy here, Lidge, and he has, I guess apparently there's like techniques and there's classes you can take to take an ice bath. Really? Yeah. And there's benefits of it or something like that. That's I think, interesting. I think it makes you go crazy or something. That now, sounds but, right. Yeah. So apparently somebody's coming down to to do to start a class or something like that i don't know mm-hmm. so anyways yeah. my voice will sound a little odd today because i got a little uh post nasal thanks to to hudson my youngest because <laughs> he's so cute and i can't quit kissing him yeah so we'll start out with the speed round okay. and uh, i've been saying it's the speed round and uh it's kind of an icebreaker because mm-hmm. it's not super speedy <laughs> but we'll uh tag this first so how long have you lived in nashville i've lived in nashville almost six years six years in may Okay. Um, why'd you move to Nashville? I moved kind of on a whim. I didn't want to go back home, and I didn't want to stay where I was. Okay. So I came. And where was home? Mississippi. Oxford. Mississippi. Oxford, nice. Yeah. So did you go to Ole Miss? I went to Ole Miss. Hotty toddy. Didn't want to get away from, I mean, obviously a great college, but I uh, just wanted to stay close to the family. I wanted to stay close to home, but not home. 
Right. So <laughs> Nashville is four hours away. But when you went to college. Oh, yeah. When I went to college, I yeah. stayed. Yeah. yeah. Both my parents work at Ole Miss. It, wor- okay. it worked out financially and yeah, in every way. Say, <laughs> so, yep. I'm sure even if you had a desire to be like, I want to go somewhere else, it's like, yeah, let's go and take yeah, advantage of actually, everything we've put in yep. the university, right? Exactly. Um, that's cool. Um, so what part of Nashville do you live in now, and why did you choose that part? Um, I live sort of in northeast Nashville. It's sort of, I tell people, the intersection of Trinity Lane and Dickerson. Okay. Yeah, Dickerson. And so yeah. um, I moved there. I just bought a house there last year. Moved there because it's kind of close to downtown-ish. It, it's a lot of diversity over mm-hmm. there. And so it's a comfortable place. Yeah. I yeah, like it a lot. It actually is great. The whole metro center Trinity mm-hmm. Dixon, like it's all so convenient. Yeah, you know? it is. Even all this is too. Mm-hmm. I guess everybody wants to be close to Nashville Downtown. where it's happening, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which is cool. Um, favorite restaurant? Ooh, favorite restaurant. Um, I really like Urban Grub. Okay. For brunch, they have um, Gouda grits. Interesting. Cheese grits. They best I've ever had. Okay. Um. Gouda grits. Gouda cheese. Okay. Delicious. Thick. I like thick grits. I mean, if you're from Mississippi, you probably like grits. And you like them thick because your grandma made them that way. And they have them, and they're delicious. Awesome. I also like honorable mention the Sutler, which I think people don't pay attention to, but all their food is good. I mean, every single thing on the menu is good. And where's that at? It is. Um, kind of in Berry Hill. It's near Cinema, if you okay. know where Cinema is. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's in that yeah. area. It's like on that same strip. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have to try that one. Yeah. Um, I, I like Urban Grub. Favorite hobby? Favorite hobby? I have a blog. Okay. I don't update it enough, but I enjoy it. It's I, fun. I think I think that's everybody's, I'll do this or I do that or I post or it's like, I never do it enough. But yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I read, I read your last one. It was pretty cool. Oh, um, so tell me something crazy or unusual about yourself. Something crazy or, well, I'm the most sane person you'll ever meet. So this hard. <laughs> well, my like quirky fact that I usually tell in icebreakers is that I'm the fourth Mariah in a long line of Mariahs in my family. So when I have a daughter, no, maybe a granddaughter. We have to keep it going. So your mom was Mariah and then Mariah. It's really Mariah. on my dad's side. Okay. His grandmother's name was Mariah. Okay. Then her aunt, and it was two sisters named Mariah. So it's kind of weird. Her his her aunt and sister. So. So is it a, a fact of wanting to uh, pass along the legacy, or they just weren't very creative with coming up with? You know who knows? I don't even know. But all of us, all my siblings, are named after family members. Yeah. So okay. my parents weren't very creative. Well, they it's, just. It's, it's <laughs> funny. Um, we named Bryce, and I'm like, hey, okay, I like it, and we, mm-hmm. which we named him seven days after. He was home from the hospital. Oh, really? Yeah. I think it was seven or eight. And they're like, you can't do that. We're like, yeah, we did. And uh, it was driving people crazy. And so the second one, we almost wanted to wait until, oh, uh-huh. you know, another maybe two weeks just so people could just get so irritated that you didn't name your child before it was born. What were you thinking? And, uh, but so, we, so his, he was Bryce William Buckwalter. And so mm-hmm. William was after her dad and, oh. um, and then her, her grandpa. And so then the second child, I'm like, all right, I hope I'm good enough, Dad, that I want to have some kind of legacy with mm-hmm. the name. So we went with Graham Andrew. Gotcha. And, uh, okay, nice. And then Hudson, we just liked the name, and Thomas was named. So so we kind of did a mixture of it. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's cool. Yeah, it worked. Uh, so what is uh, one of the most exciting places you've visited? 
most exciting. Uh, yeah, so when I was in college, um, between sophomore year and junior year, I went to South Africa on like a leadership development trip. It was a bunch of students. Um, we went to Pretoria, Johannesburg, and Cape Town. And Cape Town was my favorite city. It was just amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. How long were you there, you said? We were there about two and a half weeks. Okay. Yeah. So students from South Africa came here. We stayed in the, we visited the South, Atlanta, um, some other cities, St. Louis, and then we went there for two weeks. So. Okay. Nice. Um, I think I, I probably told you Natalie was born in Tanzania. No. Um, didn't she I was know that. six months old, you know, so she doesn't really remember much yeah. of it. But we always we want to go back because her parents lived there for nine years. Oh. Um, and so at some point we wanted we were hoping to take a trip before her dad passed away, but uh, we'll have to do it with her mom at some point. Yeah. So. It'd be cool. It's so, it so cool. expensive to fly there. I know. Um, all right. So a little intro about you, which I'll let you give your own intro, but I was mm-hmm. reading your website and I was like, wow. So you, you've done a lot more than just going to Haiti three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, it says you were selected as Nashville's top 30 under 30 in 2016 by the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation of in Nashville and uh, Nashville's Black 40 under 40 in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, you were selected to the next class of the National Emerging Leaders Program and will begin in the spring of 2018. And uh, recently, I saw your post where, which is like, you know what, she'd be, she'd be great to talk to because I know she's making an impact in Nashville. <laughs> um, the 2018 recipient of NashvilleBusiness.net, 100 leading African Americans. So pretty impressive resume there <laughs> um, and actually you went through Young Leaders Council too which I did as well oh did um, you two years ago oh nice and Allie did like 15 years ago yeah I think. well okay not that long ago but <laughs> it was like 10 years ago okay um, so yeah that was pretty cool mm-hmm. um, and actually Derek Young you remember him did he speak at the class yeah mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a podcast with him oh okay interesting um, yep. it was pretty impressive mm-hmm. so that's a lot you you're busy mm-hmm. uh, making an impression on Nashville <laughs> and people around you that's pretty awesome um, so elaborate I guess just tell me a little bit about yourself and what you're doing um, as far as your work role and all that good stuff yeah so um, like I said I've been in Nashville for six years and I've been really blessed um, in that time because you know, when you go to a city where you don't have family or really any roots, you just are starting brand new. Nobody knows you and, and nobody trusts you either. And so um, it's just been a real blessing. I think the first two years I lived here, I was just sort of in a little shell trying to get it all together. I just graduated, you know, and then in the last, you know, three and a half, four years have really been good. I've, you know, been able to develop a community here, good friends who have just, you know, really done a lot for me. Um, and as you know, when, when you reach any level of success or get any kind of accolade, is not because you're so awesome. It's just because, you know, you've been able to be around good people who have, you know, mentioned your name in circles and stuff like that. And so that has definitely been the case for me. So I just want to put that out there. Right. Um, but I work at Meharry Medical College. I'm actually an attorney, but I don't practice. I work in our Center for Health Policy. We sort of introduce students to policy in addition to whatever clinical training they're getting in their medical, dental, graduate programs. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I do professionally. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, it's cool because when you said the first two years you were kind of in your shell, mm-hmm. which knowing you as as 
through Haiti and, you know, reading some of your posts and stuff, um, you know, I would imagine it, I can picture you engulfing the word, growing, you know, mm-hmm. and now you're just like exuberating the love, mm-hmm. right? You know, mm-hmm. in everything you're doing because it's getting out of that chill. And sometimes you probably got to take that time to reflect and grow in yourself. Mm-hmm. You know? And now you can just give to others. Yeah. I was reading some this, this morning that was talking about the word and, you know, if what comes out of your mouth is not wholesome, there's an issue, you know, <laughs> what are you putting in? Yeah. And, uh, so that, that kind of made me think of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, don't start singing on this. I, I when I thought of this question, I, it made me want to start singing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I worded it like this. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do right here is go back way back, back into time. So tell me about your childhood experience, um, influence from your family or your environment, um, you know, to develop kind of who you are today. Yeah. So, like most people, you know, my parents were a big influence. I, so I, um, like I said, I grew up in Oxford, Mississippi. Both my parents work, still do work at Ole Miss. So my dad, he started to work there in the graduate school and then moved on. He worked in multicultural affairs. His history at Ole Miss is interesting. When he graduated from high school, he's from Jackson, Mississippi. He graduated from high school in 1968. He um, enrolled at Ole Miss. And in his first year there, he um, was doing some protesting with friends and was expelled from the university in South he went on and, you know, got his undergrad and graduate and, and doctorate degree from other universities and then came back to Ole Miss to get um, his doctorate and then later came back to work there. And so it's kind of a full circle thing. And then yeah. while there worked on, in large part, race relations at Ole Miss. And so that really, really informed my um, perspectives growing up. Mm -hmm. So he was, um, you know, an activist, not what you would maybe think of like marching in the streets activist, but really um, concerned about the welfare of people who have been marginalized. So always advocating on behalf of those people at Ole Miss and, and everywhere. And then there was my mom who, I mean, just grew up in the church. I, you know, she was just a holy roller, like all, you know, all her life. Bless her, <laughs> Bless her heart, Jesus. And so that um, definitely influenced me as well. So, you know, you have the activist thing and then you have the church thing and you just mix those together and you get Mariah. Which who's... is an awesome <laughs> result, right? Yeah. then you can do it lovingly and resolutely yeah. and accomplish, mm-hmm. you know, that through that. So mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. And so that those two things have definitely shaped, you know, who I am today. They're probably the biggest things in my life are my faith and then Equity is right. what was what I'm concerned about. So yeah, yeah. that's cool. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, I'm sure many parents hope that their their kids can look back and you know mm-hmm. know that they were a positive influence and impact in their lives. Yeah. Not always the case. That's because true. Parenting's kind of tough at times. <laughs> so I heard. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. So tell me um, a couple of moments in time that helped shape who you are today. Um, so obviously your parents did, but what were some, you know, in your journey, kind of what were some moments? Yeah, um, and I sort of alluded to it because, you know, I went to um, undergrad at Ole Miss, and then I went to law school at the University of Arkansas at Little Rock. I think I forget that because, you know, I went to University of Arkansas. I went to yeah. UCA for three you know years. What? And then you went to? And then I went to Fayetteville. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Woo pig suey or something? Yes, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, you're Ole Miss, so you can't right. really say I can't that. really say I have to act confused when I say it. Right, like, right. Something like, like yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> like, what's that weird <laughs> chant they do? <laughs> they do right. <laughs> um, 
So I went there, and that was tough. I mean, it was just really, really hard. And um, I got out of law school and did not have a job, but I did have student loans, you know. And so it was just a really, really hard transition um, for me in that time. And um, I had lost just a lot of confidence in myself and kind of lost my direction, lost my way. Like, you know, what, what am I even doing here? You know, why, why, is, why am I in the world? Um, and so that took me on a long, like, you know, journey to discovering myself, that kind of thing. So, sort of like a young life crisis is what yeah, I called it. that's cool. Um, and that is around the time that I moved to Nashville. And so those first two years was really like, okay. I just need to find, you know, some a foundation I can stand on strongly and be independent, get my mojo back, you know, get my confidence back and stuff. And so that was probably the hardest time of my life, which is really a blessing if you think about mm-hmm. the hardest times of people's lives can be much worse than that so I thank God for that but you know now when I'm having a hard time I think back on that and it's like oh it's not as hard as that Mm -hmm. so you know no worries I can get through it and so that time that about a year and a half or so after law school was just really pivotal I mean it it changed things for me um, a lot so I'm sure the uh, the student loan hanging over your head didn't help, right? You know, when you get <laughs> you that first payment in the mail, you're like, what in yeah. the world? It's like, What's I didn't know I had to pay that back, <laughs> I right? I know. I wouldn't have taken uh, so much. But. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> they really should have limits. They, they should sit. You know, actually, it's an interesting thought. Like, they really should sit down and have a business plan. You know, mm-hmm. like, really put yeah. you on a plan versus going. Because for me, you know, I didn't come out with that much. But thirty thousand was still quite a bit, mm-hmm. and plus credit cards, and you know, oh, here's your free T-shirt. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. cool. Let's get a credit card. Then it was the pride of going. I got a goal, and I got two thousand dollar limit, right? And with no control of spending. <laughs> and then I met my wife, and that didn't help at all. <laughs> but you know, it's like then I went to Fayetteville, and they gave me like twenty thousand. Well, I worked. Mm-hmm. I didn't need the money, mm-hmm. but I spent the money. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. versus going, all right, what do you really need? What do you really need? Or at least, at least, I mean, you, you know, you're gonna have the, you're in college, so you want the freedom to make the choice you want to, but kind of have some guidance with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that would be smart because I've because I've met quite a few people that have you know several thousands, and yeah. their job is gonna you know it's like a mortgage forever. Yeah. You know, so. uh Anyways, Agreed. that would be kind of nice if mm-hmm. maybe that's a plan that maybe that's a side hustle of doing something with colleges. Yeah. But I don't know if they want you to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, tell me, and you already alluded to uh, your father, as you uh, had said on your post, Daddy Boo. Daddy Boo. <laughs> um, and so tell me about Mr. Donald Cole and what impact he has had on your life. And you did already kind of say that um so that's why sometimes going through questions it's like well sure he asked that um well i guess outside of your dad or anything else you want to add to to the impact he did but anything anybody else in your life that's kind of made an impact and today who is uh you know kind of motivating you to keep moving forward and all you're doing Mm -hmm. i mean i can talk about my dad more because he is you know really influential and is still you know he's he's going to be 68 this year okay finally thinking about retiring which you know should have been a conversation five years you know and still just a a really great man and not everybody gets to live a life where they're celebrated 
and where you know people love them and and so he is the example for okay so when I get to that age you know when I'm retiring or I'm into my career or you know ready to kind of sit down I want to have you know made an impact and want to have kept a good name you know and and that's a hard thing to do for almost 70 years you know and so yeah and he jokes because at Ole Miss, they sometimes name a building after somebody or something. And, and the goal is to name it after somebody who's no longer living because if somebody's still living, they can still mess up and embarrass you. Oh, right. And so he says, like, oh, I just have to, you know, get to a place where I'm no longer, you know, capable of embarrassing anybody. And so that's the goal, not to embarrass anybody. Right, right. So he's awesome, and I love him. But today also who's influencing me is I have this new thing this year where in the morning while I'm getting ready to get to, get to work, I listened to a, a sermon, mm-hmm. and so Sarah Jakes Roberts, who's T.D. Jakes' okay. daughter, she uh, is a preacher, and I listen to her most mornings. I just love her. I love her. She's she's probably about my age, maybe a year or two older, also married to a pastor, and she's just so transparent mm-hmm. and real, you know? She'll just, because when she was younger, she took a totally different path, you know? She has a, a you know, an awesome testimony about how she got, got it together. And I think all of us, you know, could stand to use a, a good story about, like, oh, I'm not the only one who's messed up big time, you know, and then found my way back, or I'm not the only one who listens to rap music on my way to church, you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I, I was rolling in something. Today I was I had Exium. Um, I do nineties on nine and then um, backspin and I think it was Scarface on there. <laughs> I was like, okay, I need to throw the message on for a minute. Just for a minute, get my mind yeah, just right. Just for a minute. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and so that's that's real, you know. People, I yes. mean, so I appreciate her for that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, which is really cool. You know, you talk about the real and transparency, and that's literally that's I hear that. I've heard that in every interview, yeah, uh-huh. and and I see it in in masterminds I'm a part of, and even you know, with my wife some stuff she was dealing with, and it's like you know, people are dealing with the same stuff, and it, it's kind of interesting that you got the whole social media, mm-hmm. which is so easy to hide behind, mm-hmm. you know, and yet as we've even seen in Nashville, you know, the Nashville politics now, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's there can be so much going on behind the scenes. That's so true. And so, you know, the big part is is whatever you're dealing with, get it out there. Have those people surrounded mm-hmm. around you that you can reach out with that can lift you up and that can kick you in the butt at times too, yeah. you know. Um, but it's just really cool because I've seen, you know, how transparency just opens doors for people to be vulnerable and and sometimes it just takes one person to do it and mm-hmm. the next thing you know, wow, it's just flowing and you know, and then then change happens. Yeah, you know, so. it's something about knowing that somebody else is struggling with the same thing or yeah. has gone through this that you think like, oh, it's not just me. Right. Oh, I don't yeah. know what that is. That's why people, I guess people have support groups for different, yeah. you know, different things that people struggle with. It's just that if you know somebody else is kind of in the same boat, you think like, oh, okay, I'm not the only crazy Well, it probably, I guess it breaks some pride down in yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah. I know we, when we were actually, uh, after this, I'm interviewing Greg Lucid and he was in our newlywed class. Yeah. And I remember it was like that because our teachers were, you know, very transparent mm-hmm. and, you know, you realize, oh, wow, we're normal. We fight all about the same stuff, mm-hmm. you know, the milk and, you know, whatever else, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's, it's cool. You yeah. know, I think everybody needs to be reminded that the transparency and vulnerability, as much as you put yourself out there, 
Um, and you got to be discerning, you know, who you put right. it out to. That's true. Um, so, and I, and it struggles along the journey. I know, obviously you alluded to just that transition in, uh, at Euler and, and getting in here. So mm-hmm. any other struggles that come to mind that you've kind of learned from that you pushed through? That was definitely the biggest one. And then like making the decision, uh, to just kind of be the, the, like the master of my life, you know, me and God together, I guess, and not follow whatever path, you know, people thought like I don't practice law, I went to law school, you know, I'm not doing it. <laughs> like, right. you know, just to, to decide there are some non-negotiables, like I'm not going to do, you know, whatever people think I should be doing because I'm not happy doing it. Right. And I don't think it's God's plan for me, right. more importantly, right. so... And you never yeah. know what could come of that some 10, 15 years down the road. Maybe something opens up and yeah. you're open to his guidance. And right. you never know the path where that's going to take you. That's true. Um, so when you're running along in life and you trip over a tree trunk and uh, do a face plant <laughs> in the mud, how do you get back up and clean yourself off and keep on moving? Yeah. Well, the thing is that life keeps going, you know. And um, I think sometimes we think it's like, oh, the this is this is it you know the world's gonna end or you know things will be so different but it's like no the sun's gonna rise again tomorrow people are gonna get up and go to work and you know it's gonna keep on going and so that i mean you know that takes some experiences for you to you know understand that's kind of the way it works but one thing that does help is um having a good Mm -hmm. a good set of friends or or even just one or you know a mentor or something and I'm you know really blessed enough to have a good set of girlfriends here in Nashville I mean they just wouldn't let me stay in a funk they mm-hmm. just wouldn't let me um and also they inspire me you know so I see them pressing forward you know trying to accomplish some goals and I'm like, oh, I could do that. You know, I could, I could get myself together. And so, I mean, they're a blessing. Mm-hmm. Shout out to them. Shout out to the homies. Yeah, they <laughs> keep you. Well, you know, I don't know all the analogies, but you know, obviously, the people you surround yourself around, you surround yourself with, mm-hmm. you know, are going to lift you up or pull you down. So, uh, with so many distractions in life, as life rolls along, and as social media, and you know, there's just, I mean, we live in Nashville. And there's the skyline's changing every other month. Yeah, there's really always is. something to do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, how do you keep the focus to make the change that you you know you want to with everything again in your life you got going on? How do you you know find that? Ba- there's also obviously a balance in keeping the focus and and what you want to accomplish, but then the the friends and you know all that good stuff. So how do you how do you keep the focus? Yeah. Well, for me, it is being a part of some civic organizations. So I'm really heavily involved with the Urban League Young Professionals. Um, I'm the vice president of that. And then really involved with um, an organization called the Equity Alliance. And so every time we have a meeting, you know, I'm reminded that there's work that we need to do. There are people who um, need to be helped. There's a whole demographic of people um, that are just not living, not living a good life, you know, or not living life at their best potential, their greatest potential. And I just feel a strong obligation um, to be helping move that forward. You know what I mean? I just feel like a strong sense of, yeah, obligation to be helping in that regard. And so if at any time I either forget or get distracted, 
Um, like I think your email was like, oh, squirrel. Uh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I was like, I keep saying squirrel. Let's mix it up a little bit. But yes, yeah. The tree chunks. Okay, yeah. yeah. It is just coming back to those. Or every time we have a meeting, or you know, we need to do a panel, or you know, there's so much happening in the city. Like you said, so much happening in the city, and trying to keep the important things, the important things. Um, that is how that that really helps. And I think if you're intentional about getting with a group, or or just you know. Um, having good friends or whatever, then you'll be reminded. You know, right. you'll come back to like, oh yeah, this is really important. Right. I need to keep thinking about this or working on this or right. whatever. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I, because you know, we've obviously alluded to the transparency and the vulnerability and having friends and how that can help people. And then you talked about just having that support group. But then it makes me think too, when you are going through life and you're making that impact, um, it can be discouraging at times. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, because you don't always get everybody on board that you want to. Mm-hmm. And so if you, you need that help to keep pushing you and reminding you and giving you the perspective that, you know, okay, so maybe this wasn't as successful as I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. A turnout wasn't as big as I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Even if it's one person, you know, we know that, you know, one person can impact many things, mm-hmm. you know. So. That is so um, true. Or you can, yep. Yeah, so. And you had just mentioned this, but as far as, you know, I know one thing that's kind of on your heart that you're making an impact. I'll read this. Uh, I had read this on one of the uh, the articles about the recently what you received. And it said, Mariah is an advocate for social justice and cares deeply about equitable policies that address the underlying causes of racial and ethnic disparities in health and economic status. So with that, obviously that's a huge thing to be a part of. How are you making an impact in that? You know, how are you acting? Yeah. Um, people have different ways of addressing, um, inequality and people have, you know, different issues that they work around. Like some people is education or, you know, just, just different things in society that needs to be improved in. So for me, um, right now, and this, you know, could change. I think the the greatest impact is coming through the Urban League and the Equity Alliance because for us, I think one of the ways that we can improve people's lives is to get them civically engaged. Mm-hmm. And so that means getting people um, registered to vote, out to vote, and then getting people to hold elected officials accountable while they're in office. And it's not sexy, you know, to vote or to call your legislator. Or, you know, it's just like not a fun or comfortable thing to do. So it's sort of hard not even to, you know, convince other people, but to even do it yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like such a hassle to <laughs> be having always to be thinking about this stuff. But it's just right. so important. Right. And it and it can change um policy which which is like a whole breadth of change i mean like it's just so far reaching mm-hmm. instead of you know wanting to change one person's life you can really change a whole right. neighborhood or a whole community and that can happen locally with mm-hmm. like school board members or with the register of deeds or like you know local positions um in nashville that can have an impact on the whole city or you know just a neighborhood or you know whatever and so i think it's really effective and um like i said that could change in the next five years maybe i'll be working on something different Mm -hmm. but right now i think it's um really important and um yeah Yeah. and you know growing up i I was never you know into politics i mean i was never into you know yeah politics or anything like that but what i've always been into is like helping people especially people of color and minorities obviously because i am a minority because i feel you know really connected to that struggle and so if this is 
the means to that end, I'm with it. Like, yeah. let's go with it, you know? Yeah. And so maybe in five years, it'll be a different means, but the end will be the same. Right. And that's, yeah, that's racial equity. Well, that's what I was talking to Terry, interviewed her yesterday, and she lives in Chestnut, which is a developing, you know, neighborhood as well. And there's a lot of diversity, and, you know, she was talking about how she's impacting and having community gatherings and just getting more people involved in the community. Um, and that's kind of the cool thing, I think, about Nashville. You know, I, I've been there 17 years. And I can just being in real estate, you see all the different diversity that's moving to Nashville and it's gotten, I think that's kind of the cool thing about it is that one, people want to be in Davidson County. They want to be where the action is, which, um, because of that, that entails a lot of diversity, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of culture and you kind of keep pushing to, you know, work out all the differences because we all have different opinions, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and then obviously I laugh. Obviously, it's hard to, it's hard to shy away from any politics these days because it is so out there, yeah. you know. And there's so many different issues being addressed, you know. And 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 my thought, it's is, it, I always just think, it's like, man, just go back to, let's do it all in love. Mm-hmm. And it, which is, you know, when you define the word love in scripture, it entails a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it it's pretty big. Mm-hmm. And I fell up that often in marriage. Um, but that's, that's really what we all should be striving after, you know, mm-hmm. in making the changes and not allowing, you know, the past to be the past mm-hmm. you know, to make the change. So, um, so that's cool. That's, yeah. that's awesome that you're doing all that. So let's hit on fear for a moment. Um, so many people have dreams and desires, yet they allow fear to hold them back from moving forward and experience, you know, the potential they have in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all deal with it from time to time. Um, how do you smash fear in the face? <laughs> I don't even know if I smash it or if I can just kind of bat at it at a time. You know what I mean? Like a little at a time. It's like, oh, you're so annoying. <laughs> I love that. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. It is a struggle. I mean, you know, and I don't, I don't even want to downplay it or make it seem like it is easy to just go and do a thing that's in your heart to do because it's hard. Some things, you know, it. I don't know. Some some of the things that seem difficult to do, some people have just the gusto and they go do it. And then there are other things that maybe don't even seem as difficult. And you're like, man, I just cannot take two steps toward that because what if, you know, I fail or what if people say whatever? Um, it is It is a hard thing. And I think that that is why, because in my mind, every day, you know, there are messages coming toward us in different ways telling us, no, you can't do that thing. You know, every single day we're bombarded. Even when you don't think about it, you're and bombarded. We, we bombard ourselves yes, a lot. Yes, we do. Sure. We do. It's all like in our heads. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you can't do that. And so every single day we have to like gird ourselves up with, and it could be anything for anybody. For me, it has lately been those sermons in the morning um, or scriptures or, you know, if you listen to music, talk to your mom, whatever it is you need to use every day or, you know, p- be part of your regular routine to be encouraged. Um, you know, because on the other side of fear is just like this wild accomplishment, you know, and not just the accomplishment, influence and impact on Mm -hmm, people. mm -hmm. So it's like, if you don't go do the thing, and I'm preaching to myself right now, because it's the thing Mm -hmm. in my head that I... (laughs) Most of us, when we're talking, we are preaching to ourselves. Yes, that I'm not doing. So it's like, if you don't do that thing, like, you know, the world won't get your good stuff you know what I mean they won't get the goodness and so you're like really not only hurting yourself but you're hurting like the people who would would get your good stuff so 
I think that one tactic to, you know, getting beyond that is to find whatever encourages you every day. And you have to be really intentional um, and consistent about just like feeding yourself good, you know, information and positive and encouraging stuff so that you Mm -hmm. will, you know keep batting at the fear right, mm-hmm. right yeah and that feeding's a balance of going okay so here's reality out there in the world <laughs> but you know you got to know when to turn it off and when it's affecting you too much yeah. you know um and because politics can do that you know yeah. it could drag you down and going ah but then it's like diving into the good stuff to you know feed the the growth and pushing you through that stuff you know mm-hmm. so um i'm gonna add a question in so tell me something tell me one or two stories that um, as you've gone through life that were that you look back on and it, they just crack you up, you know, something to uh, something that would give you some humor <laughs> and people listening and me because I love humor. <laughs> Things that can me up. Yeah, something, some life experience that uh, um, was really, really fun. Let me think of something that I think is really well. I I don't even know if it'd be funny to other people. Um, I'll laugh if it's. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> So this past Christmas, so everybody was coming home on my mother's side. So, you know, all of her sisters and her mom, their kids, so all of my aunts and uncles, cousins and everybody. And so she was in, like, overdrive, you know. She was just in, like, mommy duty full time. I got to get the house ready. I got to get an Airbnb for extra guests. I got to get, you know, this, that, and and everything. And so... um, Everybody came and stuff. And so it was Christmas morning and she was, you know, wanting it to be perfect and orchestrated however she wanted to be. And so she had left the room for a while. We were all there in the living room. And so I just had to give everybody a speech. Listen, if Marsha Cole says, get up, get up. If she says, sit down, sit down. If she says, move over, like whatever she says, that's what you need to be doing because this is like super important to her. And everybody was like, thank you for informing us. We will follow instructions from her. So that was just... And they and they did it all? Yes, of course they did wow, it all. Wow, so you have okay. a nice voice. <laughs> you're like, you're not, you're not going to drag this Christmas down. You are no. not. Not for Marsha Cole because she was so serious about it. Just the oh, thought man. of her is funny. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, moms can tend to put two much into it it's almost like you know uh mary and martha you know yeah. she's all busy cleaning yes. it's like sometimes you just you know and i'll see my mom and she's like you know she's huffing and puffing <laughs> sometimes i'm like just sit down we don't need you to go wash these dishes right like, be in the moment yeah you know? so mm-hmm. there's that there is that balance that sometimes we have to bring some reality to our parents of going just chill mm-hmm. like you know um yeah yeah so anyways that's pretty cool she's just funny christmas memories yep it was a good one though she did a great job awesome it was an awesome christmas she orchestrated a masterpiece she, huh? she sure did um hitting on some advice with the wisdom of life that you have gained through experience and the reading of the word as well what is something you would impart to our listeners i would i would say I think that, um, you know, I I think that God's biggest kind of wish for us or one of his wishes for us is that we would search ourselves to find some purpose. And I don't think it's the purpose, right? And I don't think it's that everybody has a single gift that you have to find to give to the world, but find a gift or a purpose 
and really explore it to its fullest potential, you know, and and we talked about not letting fear hold you back, but just imagine if if possibilities were endless, what would you do with that gift or that purpose? You know, what would you pursue with it? And then find little ways to make it happen because not everybody, and I'd say it about myself, I'm, you know, a little shy and um, you know, a little awkward talking to people, and Not so at all. I don't think <laughs> that that is definitely See, that's something you're telling yourself, right? And you're not. <clears throat> Maybe so. And so I have to be a little strategic about how I go about pursuing, you know, my gifts or you know whatever. And so you think that you have to be this, you know, big bold bad person, and you know, go in the room and take what's yours or whatever. But maybe it's just that you send an email on the slide of somebody, or maybe you just kind of ask a friend to ask a friend about something, you know, and just whatever works for you, whatever tactic it takes to get to the thing, you know, try to figure it out. So figure out that a purpose or a gift, and then try to find a way to pursue it, you know, and to, to knock down fear and pursue it in a way that feels really natural and right for you, which I think I've had to you know, tell myself over and over again, like, you don't have to do it like everybody does or like that other girl does it who does it so well. Like, just do it the way you do you, it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, it's funny. I was telling my wife, one-on-one, um, I can conversate. You know, I can just roll with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I went to this this men's thing a couple weekends ago, and there's a whole group, and I, I got to know some of them, but I didn't know, you know, I think there was 80 guys, and mm-hmm. so I didn't know, you know, I, I might have known like 20. And uh, but as I'm getting up to the mic to ask a question, literally the heart <laughs> beating, and it's so annoying because I'm like, dude, I'm just asking a question. <laughs> like, what is it? Why can't you stop? And then are they going to hear my voice? And then you're like, yeah. so did I, I wonder if they caught that I was yeah. nervous, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, and it's annoying because mm-hmm. again, one on one, like doing this. You know, this is, you know, initially when I first did it, it was a little nerve wracking. And just like you, I haven't talked to you in two or three years, yeah. you know. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, once you start doing something, you get better at it. That's true. Um, not saying that I'm any good, but but I'm also not one. It's funny because you get some people that get up and talk and they're always like knocking themselves and stuff. And <laughs> it kind of gets annoying sometimes, you know. It's bit, like, yeah. you know, I know it's in humor. So it's funny I said that because I try not to, to do that. <laughs> but, uh, but that's a fear because I think um, there's one side of me. It's like, you know what? Hey, it's great. I'm just one-on-one and that's what, you know, I'm supposed to accomplish, you know? Uh, But then I think there's at times too, where you push yourself, you Mm -hmm. know, and realize the more you do something, the more you step past that fear, because that's all it is. It's a fear Mm -hmm. and it's a fear. And then it takes experience to get better at it. Yeah. Just like with doing this podcast, like just this morning, you know, I'm tweaking questions and, you know, I'm going to keep going through it. And there's a part of me that's like, but it's got to be perfect right now. It's like, no, it doesn't. You know, you can play with it. It's yours. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And that's why it's like even asking people, it's like, okay, so should you read a question or should you do it this way? And I found because I've been big about seeking wise counsel and there's opinions all over the place. Yeah. So at some point you just got to decide and run with it. You know? <laughs> right. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, and you're a great host. Andrew. Well, this thank is, you. Yes. Thank you. It's One amazing. more question. Yep. So, from the great words of Timothy 4-7, I have found the good fight. I have, no, I've fought the good fight. I have uh, finished the race. I've kept the faith. When your journey's over, what kind of legacy are you hoping to leave? Um, I think, you know, I, I want people to remember that, um, I want people to remember that opportunity should be given to everyone 
um, at the same level. Not stuff, but the opportunity to have something, right? Just just the chance should be given to every person, um, regardless of it, the chance should be given to every person. Um, and I want people to uh, remember that that God is good and that Christ shows up in us in so many different little ways and that, you know, however you live out your faith is as long as you're doing it, you know, intentionally to please God, I think it's, it's okay. So, yeah. That's things. awesome. I love that. I love the part of, you know, the opportunity. Not, yeah. not so much, you know, because so many people think it's about getting this or you're giving yeah. it's like no just give the opportunity yeah. and then let people take it from there yes. and then they'll listen to this podcast and they'll hit on all the things we're talking about fear and mm-hmm. you know, the potential mm-hmm. and the friends and encouragement and vulnerability and all that good stuff and then they'll just jump right up to it basically so, that's awesome <laughs> well thank you so much for uh, joining me in the rambler and uh thanks for your time and i look forward to reading more about all the change you're doing in Nashville and keeping up with you. And so actually if listeners want to follow your blog, what's the, what's your blog? They can go to outofmymouth.com. Okay. Yep. And, and then you'll, you update it daily. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look no, for a post. No, no pressure. <laughs> you know, you got to have good thoughts, right? Yes. So that's why it's like, you can't do it. You know, it's good to push yourself. But, yeah. Um, well, cool. So check out her with that. And if you're in Nashville, look for her name and I'm with everything she's a part of, you'll see it somewhere. <laughs> yes. Right. Thank you for having right. me, Andrew. What an honor it was to hang out with Mariah for a little bit and hear her story. If you're stuck and uh, needing to move forward, you can uh, listen to that podcast again. She gives some great, great wisdom in how she uh, basically jumped out and uh, made a made a change and is making an impact. So um, hopefully you enjoyed that as much as I did. Thanks again for tuning in to Heart of Nashville. Make sure to uh, tune in next week. I will be sitting down with Chris Marion. I've uh, known him, seen his spiky hair and hands playing on the keys for quite a while in uh, actually our church. And he plays for, uh, and for I guess several years, he's played for Little River Band. And um, he's also making some. Uh, some some noise in Nashville, obviously, with his music, and he has a really cool story of some of the stuff that he's gone through and uh, come out um, on the other side in a great position. So um, make sure to tune in for that. If you have a minute, click on a review and let me know what you thought about this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes for some links to the videos, as I have previously mentioned. I'm recording the uh, the full episode and uh, placing that on YouTube as well as the musician. So make sure to check that out. And uh, today's episode will be featuring music, songwriter, and a little singer, Ross Holmes. He's a friend of mine. And um, actually, make sure to check out show notes on him because I had a have an in-depth um, interview with him from a previous podcast. So. Uh, Sit back and enjoy a little fiddle. The sponsors of this show are Buckwalter Impact Group of Benchmark Realty. You can reach Andrew at 615-973-7657 for any real estate needs in the Nashville and surrounding areas or if you're looking for a realtor in your local area. 
If you have any lender needs, give Brandon Hutchison with Legacy Mutual Mortgage a call at 615-866-9468. And lastly, if you have any title or closing needs, give David Weber with Limestone Title and Escrow a call at 615-730-7955. They close anywhere and anytime at no additional cost. Make sure to text COLE, C-O-L-E, to 41411 by April the 30th for a chance to win a gift card to one of Mariah's favorite restaurants called Gordon's. They have some great hot chicken. you've enjoyed listening to nashville untold with andrew buckwalter we encourage you to leave us a rating or review on itunes and be sure to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode to be a guest on the show or to share your thoughts send us an email to podcast at andrewbuckwalter.com until next time 